Welcome to The Inside. This last week, more than 2,000 movie theater owners, Hollywood studio executives, and cinema technology leaders came to Las Vegas to get answers to several critical questions. The answers to those questions could determine the very survival of the movie business as we have known it. How have movie theaters survived COVID and will they be able to remain open with enough resources and enough numbers to provide a platform with enough screens to create blockbuster revenues during the fall and winter? Are there enough major movies with the ability to get movie fans off their couches and back into theaters? And finally, has the streaming business permanently altered the $42 billion worldwide cinema economy? To get answers to those critical questions at the first CinemaCon conference held since 2019, attendees collectively saw eight major studio presentations of films ready to go into theaters. They met with their technology and financial partners, and they got the perspectives of their most experienced and valued colleagues. All of that over a very busy four days. On Friday, as Caesars Palace bid farewell to the movie industry clad in khakis and polo shirts and welcomed an avalanche of weekend tourists in flip-flops and tank tops, the mosaic of hundreds of individual film clips and conversations of the week seemed to begin to morph into a clearer picture and perspective, and those vital questions at the beginning of the week seemed to have more informed answers. To cover those questions and draw some possible conclusions, I am Jim Chabin in Los Angeles, and with me is our co-host for this series, Wim Byans. He serves as CEO of Cineonic, and he has returned from Las Vegas to Brussels, Belgium, where it is evening there. Good evening, Wim. Good evening, Jim. Wim, the movie industry has been rightfully concerned about what the next few months holds for the economics and the potential for getting our business back into generating the kinds of revenues that we have been accustomed to. We saw separate presentations over four days at the Coliseum from Sony Pictures, Warner Brothers, Disney, Paramount, NBC Universal, MGM, and Lionsgate. And I'd love to explore these questions with you and get your perspective on what you have concluded after being at CinemaCon. No, absolutely, Jim. It's been one hell of a week to be able to get back face-to-face with our customers is always uh, a very good moment. All the people we saw last week, I felt, were on a mission. They believed in in things were going to go up and they needed to take critical decisions, get together with their cinema partners, see what, what the great content would be in order how to program the most optimal way, but also what technology do they need it, what kind of refreshment they see. And in each of them, we had a really, I would say rich, but really um, uh, good conversation, not just about it's nice to have, but no, no, we are determined to do it. Maybe this, only this, because you know we want to be careful on, on the cash flows, or maybe, no, no, we want to go one step further because we're going to take a more aggressive approach and, and we, we see even M&A opportunities. So, so I think it's been different across the board. But all of them um, were positive, and I think that the content slate, you know, come back to it later probably, but but has been stunning anyway, right? So so that definitely has helped. When uh, Mark Zarati, the president of Cinemark, was on our show live on on Wednesday, he talked about how they were they've been converting uh, their theaters, upgrading to laser. Uh, but really taking this time to get the consumer experience. You like to use the term "wow," a wow experience, but. They know that when the customers come back, they want to give them a, a, a fantastic experience they can't get anywhere else. Yeah. If you take the example you just mentioned, Cinemark, 
I think they did their homework already in 2019, allowed them, I think, to be a little bit faster out of the gates with executing some of the strategy, even when COVID was there. Uh, and that has allowed them to, for instance, roll out some of the um, laser technology, but also take the marketing up and inform the movie cover about it, right? So to say, hey, how can we enlarge that wow uh, experience and, and educate them in a sense that they say, this is different, this is different than home and take, rip the benefit of that. So that I think uh, Cinemark as an example, and there are some others, of course, did a tremendous job. But you also, the thing I would like to maybe underline is in these times, we have been coming up with ways of trying to lower the burden, right, uh, of the investments. And as an example, we had a we have a business model which we call the signer business model, which is more as a service model, which is less capex out of the gate day one, but you paid it over the lifetime of the equipment. And by that, when you monetize the equipment, you pay it off. And it's a different route, uh, which some exhibitors love, because it allows them to, for instance, to go to premium experiences which otherwise were difficult for them because those are more expensive investments and premium specifically is what customers want. Or better, they want to have a different experience than home and premium is one of those. So the answer to the question is, yes, for the most part, the key players have survived. They are relatively upbeat about the future. They have found new financial ways to put technology into their theaters uh, through companies like yours that allow them the flexibility to not only survive but thrive, but also make sure that the technology that they're installing is the world's best uh, technology, which their customers are going to notice when they come back to the movies. So number two uh, is, are there enough major movies to get movie fans off of their couches and back into theaters? That was the question I think everybody came to Vegas saying, okay, what kind of content have we got uh, to bring uh, back. Thursday, we saw final presentations at CinemaCon from Lionsgate and Paramount Pictures. Lionsgate showed a family-friendly movie, American Underdog. It's the story of NFL great Kurt Warner, who was working at a grocery market and decided to commit himself to trying to make it into the NFL. Of course, he did, playing in the Super Bowl and becoming a two-time Most Valuable Player. Scheduled for Christmas Day, we also saw a clip from director Roland Emmerich's new film, Moonfall. He directed uh, Independence Day, which was a huge hit when it came out. The tagline of this movie is one giant threat for mankind. The story surrounds a mysterious force that has knocked the moon out of orbit and is sending the moon on a collision course for planet Earth. That's due in February. Paramount's Chris Aronson, who has been a guest on this show, created maybe the week's most enthusiastic response when he took the stage for the Paramount presentation and introduced a clip from Tom Cruise. Tom is in production on Mission Impossible 7, but he greeted everyone virtually and then introduced the first 13 minutes of Top Gun Maverick, which opens November 19th, and the crowd loved it. Universal showed a brief look at next summer's final Jurassic World. They also showed Dear Evan Hansen based on the Tony-winning Broadway musical and then a new Michael Bay movie, Ambulance, starring Jake Gyllenhaal and many more titles. Um, when the firepower of these movies was almost overwhelming, uh, they seemed louder, brighter, and more action-packed than I can remember. And that may be because I've been looking at my movies like everyone else on a flat screen at home. So I think the answer to our second question has to be yes, right? No, I, I think you said it all, right? I don't think there's much I can add yet. I think with a slate 
as you just mentioned, coming up uh, for the rest of this year, it is fantastic. So we can all be very, let's say, happy. And we all know that, you know, you never know how a movie exactly does uh, and the result's going to be before it's really uh, proven. But with a lineup, uh, you have a combination of sequels, you have a lineup of things which I think the audience have a certain significant expectation on. Um, and then you have other which are new ideas, uh, which is going to be lined up. So it's a combination of both, which I, I think is is a good mix, uh, a great recipe. So I think the lineup is great. Uh, and I think that that only going to allow us to bring even more people back to the theaters uh, than before. Right. The other thing that I think people felt uh, during the week was going to the movies is the premium way to see a film. You see the best films from the best filmmakers uh, beautifully told and presented, but it's that the movie theater, the, the cinema is the premium way to see a movie and premium movies come to cinemas in a way that if you just turned on a streaming service and look for something to watch, it's a different feel, it's a different experience. Um, the term premium experience came up I think last week it was mentioned several times. And so I thought that was interesting. So I think it's our obligation to really make sure that the movies are made for the movie theaters, that we can show them in the most optimal way. And it's a full service 360 package around it, of course, which impacts if people come or not come and, and keep on coming. And so there is a lot of content which is made for streaming. There will be a lot of content made for streaming. And I think more and more we hear in this I would call it more educated conversation that there is content made specifically for movies, which is a different type of content than you make specifically for streaming. Now, there is things you can bring into streaming or into the movies, but I think there are categories, there are movies, and recently has been shown again, which really uh, needs to be taken advantage of, I would say, and let the people experience within a movie theater. And then there's other content which you say, well, you know, that that's perfectly for a streaming platform. And I think that those will we'll go more and more, I think, hand in hand, content for streaming versus content for movie theaters. And of course, after the movie uh, is been shown in movie theaters, you can bring them later onto streaming platforms, being part of the catalogs and things like that. that that's all fine. But, but I think that there is a better understanding, I believe, that that world is, is not just throwing everything to one platform, but being conscious about where it's made for, where the audiences are, and how do we optimize also for the makers, the optimal amount of return. And the return of a blockbuster movie is very hard to get or impossible to get if you don't bring it to the theaters. And that's for many titles like that. Having talked to as many people as you talked to during the course of an event like this, were the questions you came uh, to Las Vegas? Did you get the answers you were looking for? Do you feel, do you feel most of the leadership walked away feeling better about uh, uh, the next six months? Yeah, so... I do understand that because COVID is still there and the international restrictions were heavy, that we couldn't get a lot of people uh, out of U.S. flying within the U.S. But I saw a significant amount of, I would say, North America exhibitors and also Mexico was definitely well present there. So, so we have seen quite a lot of exhibitors. We have seen very few people from Europe and, of course, very few people from Asia for the reasons being mentioned. But looking at the people who were there, uh, it was for us important to reconnect face-to-face -face with our customers. And, and that, that was a joy 
as much for us as for our customer. But I was really impressed with, even in the last 18 months, how much the thoughts of many of our customers was evolved and that they had adapted it on the new reality. And the new reality was not yesterday's coming back. The new reality was it's different. We're going to have to arm ourselves. We're going to have to get ready for that. But we are ready. And then, of course, the slate of content, which every day was was uh, fueling in a positive sense the conversation. But the people who were there last week, they believe in cinema. And I think I saw some critical notes on some of the publications here and there. If I see the length that people went through of making the experience better, investing in the customer journey, investing in the experience when people come in, when people sit in their seats, the whole social media element around it, people really went through a whole length of, of efforts. Uh, Cinema just did the laser campaign, take one of them. But there's multiple of those I've seen which is a, a much uh, thought-through process, I think, on how do we capture that. So I think as an industry, we we are more resilient. It is still shaking on the foundation, COVID, let's be very honest, but we are more resilient. And I think there's going to be a bunch of exhibitors going to come great out of it. So I think we have to see it into context. Of course, if you look at it and you look at streaming numbers, you look at, at the box office today, you could make conclusions which are not the right conclusions, in my opinion, or you could take short-term conclusions, which for me is not showing what really the audience want. We did a lot of examining the audiences. Uh, we've been trying new concepts, right? Private theater concepts, which by the way, did very well also during COVID, the premium experiences. And people want to go back to the evening out, but yes, they wanted to be safe. Understandable, right? And it wasn't safe for a long period of time. People did not felt safe. Let me put it this way. It was safe going out, but they didn't felt them safe, right? Which is the psychology, and I fully respect that. So movies have been safe, continue being safe, but people feeling with the vaccination now, which is fundamental, uh, feel them safer. And with that, they're willing to go out back. But people, they're not fed up being home, but, but they want to go out. They want to enjoy. Not every evening, not five times a week going to the movies, but they want to go out, right? Once a week, mm -hmm. once a month, whatever mm -hmm. the, the cadence is. And that, that rhythm, they want to get back into. And that desire, on top of the movie slates, on top of the efforts many of the exhibitors has done to elevate the experiences and making it easier to deal with them, extrapolating what you've seen the last couple of months, and you're going to see quite a growth. And I hope we're going to see the first th things of that in Q4. And otherwise, you're going to see that over 2022. But, it, but it's, gonna, it's not going to be a linear extrapolation, right? Which some of the, the critics uh, may say. This is an industry which I think is based on storytelling. It's based on bringing something unique to an audience and showing it in a unique way. And that's going to remain and that will get more resilient as we go. Well, to your point, I think everyone has put together a heck of a plan. The theater's ready, the content is there, and now it's just a matter of working our way into uh, fourth quarter. But it feels as if a great many people came together last week with a very smart strategy for how to address the marketplace. And that's that's all exciting. Thank you, Wim, and thank, thank you, you all for listening. Thank you. The Insiders is proudly presented by Cineonic. Cineonic's future-ready enhanced service and technology solutions provide compelling cinema experiences, peace of mind, and financial flexibility. Today, with more than 90,000 projectors installed globally, over half of the world's cinemas are illuminated by Cineonic. 
Visit Cineonic.com and discover why theaters look to Cineonic to provide the solutions of tomorrow, today.